Hey everyone, this is Blake coming at you from episode 20 of the Mixed Reviews podcast. Yes, we are back from our hiatus. If you're new here, our goal on the podcast is to pull back the curtain of the music industry and just to show people the intricacies that go behind the process of making music. I really hope you guys will enjoy this episode. It's with Lucas Deal, who's the founder of The Digital Venue. The Digital Venue is a really cool idea, and I reached out to Lucas about coming on, and he graciously accepted. I think you guys will really enjoy this podcast and get some really great value out of it. If you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, please go and do that. It's at Mixed Reviews Pod. I would greatly appreciate it. And I'd also appreciate it if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you gave us a rate or a review, or if you're even on Spotify, if you would follow us, all those types of things on the podcasting platform that you are choosing. And let's just get right into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mixed Reviews podcast. This week we have Lucas Deal, who is the founder of the Digital Venue On. Um, Lucas, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Having a good morning. Good to have you here, man. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. You know, let's let's just start, you know, some people may not know who you are. Why don't you just tell us a little about yourself and also your background in music? Yeah, so um, my name is Lucas, yeah. Um, I was born actually in Utah, Salt Lake City. Um, I, where I started clarinet, like in sixth grade or something. A couple years after I added saxophone, I've just been playing those two ever since. I got a, I got a bachelor's degree in clarinet performance from Brigham Young University. And, and currently I'm a student at UNC studying a, a master's of jazz. And, um, that's on saxophone. So, and, but, but I fell in love with jazz kind of in high school, um, playing in the jazz band, and I guess in middle school too. I, I saw one performance, I think it was just the middle school jazz band, and I, I saw one performance of them, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to do that. And so that's when I added saxophone. And um, yeah, I just have, you know, my love for for music in general, and also jazz has just grown ever since. So, I I totally agree with you. I jazz is my first love. Basically, I love performing it. I love listening to it. So, I definitely can share that sentiment with with you. So, let's let's actually start with your, you know, just before we get into to the digital venue and everything about that. Let's talk a little bit about you said you got a bachelor's in clarinet performance, which I think that's that's like really cool. What was what was the decision behind that? And also, you know, I like I like to talk about also like what did your parents think about that decision? Because obviously, you know, in the industry um, or people outside of the industry, there's like a stigma that, you know, you can't make it. It's super hard. You know, parents are very supportive. So what were what were their thoughts on that? And also, if you could tell us a little bit about the details of like getting a bachelor's in in clarinet performance. Yeah. Um, so my parents have have actually always been very supportive. Um, neither of them are musicians. Uh, my my mom's a lawyer and my dad's a tech guy, <laughs> but my mom was a violinist. Um, she was actually a very good Suzuki violinist. Um, so she knows about music and she's got like a great ear and she would always be like, Hey, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, practicing and stuff. Um, so they've been super support supportive. I think that, uh, you know, mostly they've wanted to enable me to do what I want to do. Um, 
I guess rather than focusing on the, the monetary aspect, I think probably, I don't know what went through their head, but the way I think about it is that, uh, you know, if you, if you try hard enough at something and you're willing to work, you, you're probably going to find a way to make it work out eventually. And if you don't, then that's fine. At least you tried. That's my opinion. Um, and then The Bachelors. Yeah, so um, I, I actually really love classical music. Um, and that's, as like a person, I'm basically a product of the public school system. Because <laughs> my parents weren't musicians. So, so I started my instruments in school and then added lessons later, right? And so most of that training is classical, um, except for jazz band. Um, and so, so I grew to love classical music and that style of music. Um, and at the time, uh, of when it t came time to apply to schools, um, I was definitely better at classical clarinet than I was at jazz anything <laughs> <laughs> and, and jazz saxophone. Um, so that's what I, I got in for and I do love it. So, so that was a good place for me. And to really, um, I really tried to throw myself into it and, and just like be a classical musician for, for that period of time, even though, um, I, I knew always in my heart, um, it was always my goal to play jazz, but I, also figured that I, I would get more out of the experience if I wasn't always thinking, oh, I wish I was doing something else. Um, so instead, I just I I just threw myself into it and I tried hard, um, and it was a great experience. I I think it really uh, expanded m my vision of what music can do, uh, um, and I I hope that I that I bring that to jazz. And, and maybe it, most, it probably has influenced my compositions um, with regards to the types of things that I like to write, I think. Yeah. But The Bachelors was great. Um, it was a great experience. It's, it's a great baseline, you know, training type of thing. Okay, nice, nice. I, I like that idea of just, you know, if, if you love something hard enough and, and you're really you're really willing to work for it, then, you know, why does it matter how much it's going to pay? Why does it matter? You know, what, you know, as long as you're happy doing it and you know that, you know, you can work hard enough to, to be happy, you know, that that's all that matters, mm -hmm. I, I think. And I really, I really think a lot of people, you know, maybe need to get that in their sights a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just like for me, I would, I would definitely rather be sleeping under a bridge but being able to to sing jazz you know in in a club all day long obviously i'm being a little i'm being a little you know like facetious if you get the gist of what i'm saying yeah yeah so let's let's go more into again like i said the digital venue why don't you give us a little just a little rundown of of what that is you know for the people who may not know yeah so the digital venue is a it's it's a live streaming concert venue we we put on concerts uh a lot of the live streaming like on twitch is sort of long form just chilling um but but we put on concerts and 
Well, it's really just, it's a way to play music uh, in these strange times. But also, um, I, I actually had the idea for it before the pandemic actually started. And I thought this... Really? It's the type of thing that doesn't really exist. There are musicians who play music in a streaming way, but there's not venues, you know, that, that will bring artists in and say, tonight we have so-and-so and, and give artists mm -hmm. a platform. And so I, I saw that there was a hole there, you know, uh, a niche to fill. And I thought yeah. that, and, and it's a great idea, I thought. <laughs> um, so I went for it. And, and when the pandemic really started to, to go down, I, I thought not only is this a good idea, but it's also the perfect time to do it. Because um, <laughs> all the venues are, are closing. And if we can have a, a, a socially distanced venue where people can tune in and, and listen to music in some sort of facsimile of a live experience then then that would be ideal so yeah i started it uh it was after the school year last year so was that it was it was may of last year so we've been going almost a full year now i've been growing the whole time and and it's just been a great experience yeah a real growing experience for me absolutely that that's really cool that's um and yeah i i personally i love the idea of it and i i definitely can see where you thought about kind of um, that whole, you know, so you said you've you've been running for a little under a year now. What are some things you've learned over that? And so maybe some things you would have known when you first started or maybe some changes you've you've made along the way. Oh, yeah. The first thing I've learned is that streaming is hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live, live things like live guys who, you know, theater performances, I have just a respect for them because they, it, it's, yeah, it is hard. It's hard. And, and the technical aspect of it at the beginning, um, I was running the stream and also trying to play. And that was pretty difficult, uh, to try and manage that as well as trying to play. And also like, like in between, at the end of my solo, I'd go over to the board and like put on headphones and like try and mix a little bit, but then I have to go back and play. <laughs> so, so it was a lot to juggle. And, um, but fortunately we, ha we have a, 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 someone doing sound now. His, his name is Tyler TJ audio. You could find him on Instagram. Um, and that has really freed me up to actually just play and not worry about the streaming side of it. Um, cause it's really, you, I, I, I couldn't effectively juggle both jobs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I'm really happy to have him on board and I guess I'm, uh, the other thing I'm learning is really kind of how to navigate social media in like from a business perspective. Cause yeah. I've always used it as just a person, right? I post if I feel like it and, or if I have something to say, or, I have, you know, if I have a funny video, I want to show someone, but, um, using social media as like as a business is its own its own thing and uh you know you, you got to try and be consistent and that kind of thing it's pretty difficult i'm i'm still in school and such but um yeah that's another thing i've learned absolutely i think you know when i first started out doing the podcast and everything it's you know the business side of of instagram of twitter of facebook of of all those social media platforms is just vastly different than 
oh, you know, I started my my Instagram account when I was a kid, you know, and I've just been posting ever since. And it kind of opens your eyes. I, I feel like personally for me, I've noticed some things more of, of how people work. But did you look to any sources? When, because personally, I think that, you know, especially for musicians, you know, having a brand and and a social media presence is, is kind of, you have to have one now, you know, if, if you want to grow your brand or get people to listen and everything. But did you look any... Did you look to any place to to find like a way of, you know, maybe posting or something? Or you, were you have you just been trying to kind of feel it out, see what works and everything? What um, what have you what's the process on that, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, are you asking if, if we have like a model? More so, more so like what was your what was your learning experience been with it? You know, have you looked to sources or have you just been kind of like, I'm going to jump in this and just figure it out cold, you know? Yeah, I, I think I, uh, my style is definitely the latter. <laughs> uh, try first, plan second. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, mostly the consistency thing. And and um, honestly, I, I really wish that I could be devoting more time to it. I think we could get a better result if uh, if we were posting, you know, stuff more often, you know, content. Um, but, but, uh, you know, utilizing the hashtags on Instagram, which I didn't think about when I was just like a, a regular person using the platform. And also I should acknowledge all, all of this is sort of a team effort. The, the house band of which I am a part of has really, um, been super supportive and our bassist Alex has actually taken the role of like scheduling, um, scheduling artists and also making sure there's events up on the Facebook um, that, that the artists can share to their people and we can share to our people. Um, and so we're doing that, but um, yeah, I'm not personally doing it, uh, which is another thing off my plate. I, you know, so I'm super grateful to him that he just, he decided to take up that role. Um, it's really I, I guess the main takeaway is that it's it's a pretty complicated endeavor. Um, there's scheduling, there's social media, there's actually performing, which includes all the normal performing things like arrangements and you have to choose set lists and and like the the online venue is just another layer on top of all of that. So like putting together a show as a musician by itself, is like one layer of complexity and then adding on the social media and the streaming and whatever is like another. And so, um, I I don't think I could do all of it by myself. Yeah. Having, you know, outsourcing things and having a team is, is very, uh, it can be very nice. Um, like, like you said, so let's switch to, to talking more about, you know, the performing aspect and, and the artist aspect. How have you found, um, the people to perform on, on the venue and everything? Has it just been through, you know, friends, you knew networking, or have you just maybe like came across someone who's in your area? Yeah. It's mostly people we know, although a a couple of people have found us through our Instagram and said, Hey, how can we perform here? Um, but a lot of it is, is fellow students at UNC at the moment. Um, and we've reached out to a couple of professors uh, cause you know, they're killing. So why not, why not have them play? And, and really 
it people want to play like people have stuff that they've been working on and there's nowhere to play it so we've been pretty full up actually um artists have been wanting to seize whatever opportunity they can come across and we are one of them so so kind of all we've done is is post on facebook hey friends you know you can play if you want <laughs> or or just to, to the school facebook you know the same thing if you want to play let us know and then people reach out because they want to play that that's great i think yeah that that void of just not being able to go to you know, a concert or something, or, or personally for me, being a solo artist, like an open mic night, um, is just, I, I'm waiting for, you know, New York City to open up, um, at least a little bit more where those, those are possible, because yeah, I'm, I'm definitely missing that, and, and like you said, I'm sure every, every artist is just missing being able to do that, um, and, and to go to my, my second question, um, yeah, how has, like, the, the streaming, um, been with, do you have like a specific place um, where you have people come? Um, and also, how have you kind of um, tried to, to go around the obviously with COVID and everything? And then also, um, have you been able to do something like remote with another um, another group or another artist um, who, who doesn't live in your area? Yeah, we, we haven't tried the remote thing. Um, uh, it's theoretically possible. Mm-hmm. But it's another layer of complexity that we haven't decided to tackle yet. Yeah. Um, so mostly we, we've had people come here to my home, um, my home studio. That you know, there's a camera right in front of me. Mm-hmm. M- my, you know, this is where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, w- with regards to the COVID thing, I, you know, I think about it pretty constantly. Um, and we've canceled a couple of concerts actually, like out of an abundance of caution. Yeah. You know, like someone we know like may have had contact with someone that's going to play, but we're not sure, but we're, you know, we just cancel anyway. Um, but, but we mask and my family masks too when people come over and they do in as much as they're, you know, not a horn player or a singer. Um, so we do, you know, we do our best as far as I'm, I know though, the, the real risk of, of exposure and transmission right is the large events yeah yeah where it's like multiple households uh mixing together so and that would be an audience right so we don't have a live audience we just have a couple people every once in a while Mm -hmm. so uh, i suppose it's a risk but um in my mind it's it's a small and calculated risk and we're also taking countermeasures yeah that's that's always um you know that that's really great to hear, and I think that's exactly the way to to approach it. The one thing I'm wondering is, you know, obviously you say you play in the in the house band. What has your experience been? Just the differences of, you know, playing online and then obviously playing in front of a live audience because you don't you don't really get those cues of like clapping or someone you know, especially in jazz where someone may just give out like you know, something to be like, oh, that was a great solo you just did. What are your thoughts on that? And have you heard other other comments from from musicians who've, who've played on the venue? Yeah, the the consensus is that it's it's a bit surreal. Yeah. <laughs> to know that there's an audience there, um, but not be able to see them. It's, 
I, I guess I'm used to it now, but at first it was a bit strange. And 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 as it mostly comes out what, like when you're trying to announce and talk and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're t- talking into a microphone, and as far as your brain tells you, the only people that you can that can hear you are like the band, because yeah. <laughs> you can't see the people. It's like your brain's not convinced that there's anyone listening, even though maybe you see the chat going, but it's like not the same. Yeah. Um. So, so navigating that is is tough to be honest, and and I bet it's the same for any streamer. Um, it's something that you just have to get used to. And like, I think part of it has turned into the, at least the house band concerts there. It's kind of like from an audience perspective, they're, they're listening to a concert, but it's also kind of a, like a window into the band dynamic. Mm -hmm. So instead of talking to the audience constantly, we're kind of talking to each other and, and hanging out and we like each other and, and um, that's also a fun experience to watch, too. Absolutely. I think, yeah, you know, a lot of times if you're going to see someone you know, you know, in a group or something, you also go for the dynamic. You don't just go for the songs. You go for, for the chemistry between, um, you know, between the players. I think that's, that's a really important thing, too. Yeah. Do you think you see this maybe start popping up, the idea of, like, you know, a digital venue popping up a little bit more or do you think it's just going to kind of stay and people come back you know the pandemic is is ramping down as the vaccine is coming do you think people will just kind of keep you know keep going out after this or do you think there there will be more and more online performances like you guys are doing yeah i i think that people will get used to online performances um and and there are already lots of there are lots of physical venues that are sort of adding an online component. Um, there's lots of that here in Denver. Um, and, and Smalls, I know, in New York is doing live stream things, I think. Maybe it's not Smalls. I could be wrong. Um, but I think it will continue to be a good idea um, once uh, people can gather again. And, and honestly, my, my hope, my grand vision for all of this is to be a hybrid um standard venue and digital venue where there's there's a live audience but we're also streaming and and that could that once things open up i think that would that would really be fun to have both both there and 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 the well, the thing about streaming is that our audience cap is infinity yeah we, you know a- anyone can listen any number of times and and with a physical venue, you're you're limited to the size of a room, basically. And so, I just think it would be really cool to be able to do both. But we'll get there when we get there. As soon as people can gather again, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like a lot of things right now are just, all right. Well, we gotta wait until you know cases start going down and everyone can gather again. But there's there's hope at the end of the tunnel, which is is a great thing. Right and. And one thing about this I, I would like to say is that it's kind of like I, I would rather think about what I can do rather than what I can't do. And at the beginning of this, I thought everything's closing down. The gigs are going to be gone. But this is something that I can do and, and that will enable me to continue to practice my craft and improve yeah, even though it's it's a bit different and maybe for some people it's not ideal, it's what we have. 
And so why not go for it? Absolutely. I I really agree. I think, you know, being, um, being a musician, you have to adapt to things like that, to, to weird things happening, you know, especially like you said, in a live aspect of things of just on the cuff, being able to, to be like, Oh, well, you know, maybe this mic went out or maybe, you know, the guitarist string broke or, or something like that. You know, we got to quickly change. And I think that's, like I said, a great way to look at it is just what, what can we do? Not what can't we do? And just to work with that. And again, that, you know, having this venue is just a great idea of that because again, it gives, it's an outlet, you know, another outlet to, to make music and to share that with others, which I think is really, you know, if you get down to the bottom of it, that's, that's the important thing is, you know, you're taking your music and you're, you're sharing it with other people and giving them that experience, which I think, you know, with the pandemic has kind of shown that you can get a similar experience online um, and offline, you know, obviously going to a concert, it's, it's not going to be the same, but you can get pretty close just with, with um, all the advancements of, of technology and everything. Just to, to close out, do you have any uh, uh, closing words? And um, where, where can we find you? Where can we find the digital venue? Yeah, I, I guess in closing, I'd, I'd say that it's, it's just been so fun to connect people to their audiences. Lots of these people that have come to play haven't played in a while. And they also, they also have family or friends or, I don't know, co- whatever, co-workers that maybe even live somewhere else. And they haven't been able to see their daughter or their friend or their cousin play music in years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's just been so fun to, to watch those interactions as well of, of artists uh, playing to not only not only like anyone who li- who listen, but also their specific people that love them and and support them. Mm-hmm. And to be a part of that has been pretty uh, pretty remarkable. And I feel very grateful to have been able to do that. And you can find the digital venue um, on YouTube. Just search the digital venue. We also have an Instagram and a Facebook. The Facebook has all the events. So. Um, if you're looking for a show to attend, that would be the place to go. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the digital venue, if you want to support us there. Thanks for having me, Blake. It's been fun. No problem. And, and all those links will be down in the show notes for, for everyone to check them out. And yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on and talking um, about this. And we'll see everyone in the next episode. Again, big thanks to Lucas for coming on and interviewing. I think this was a great interview. I loved how he talked about just being able to connect the artists to their audiences. I think that is such an important thing, as I had alluded to um, in, in the episode. I would love if you guys would go and follow him and follow the digital venue. I think what he is doing is just an absolutely great thing, and I just love the, the thesis of it all. And if you go follow us on Instagram, which is going to be at Mixed Reviews Pod, I would really appreciate it. And, you know, again, if you give us a rate or a review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great, too. And as always, we will see you in the next episode. This podcast is produced in part by B-Royal Productions.